Amen. Well, let's get into the word this morning. Jesus, thank you so much for the power of your word. Let it transform us today. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. I thank you that you're on me and that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is in this house. And we can hear and understand and receive the things of God. We thank you, Lord, that we are not spiritually blind, that we have your spirit who knows the deep things of God. And we can understand this word. I pray for the boldness and the obedience to apply what we hear today so that you can transform our lives. In Jesus' name. Let's go to the book of Luke. Today I want to talk to you about a word that I believe the Lord spoke to me specifically a few weeks ago. I touched on it uh, two weeks ago. And because uh, last week, uh, obviously, I didn't teach. We had that healing team in from Bethel, and there was just a healing explosion in this place last week. Wasn't that, wasn't that great? And uh, so there's a, there's a word I just touched on a couple of weeks ago that I really feel I want to open up. Hey, Ken. I'm sorry, don't bring, okay, you don't mind me bringing attention to you. It is so good to see you. We were, we were just praying for you Wednesday night in our intercessory prayer group, which everybody's invited to Wednesday nights at E3, uh, where we pray. We were just praying for you, and I'm not going to let go. I'm going to keep pressing for your complete healing until Jesus returns. And uh, we're either going to go up together... Uh, I just appreciate your faith. I appreciate you being here and pressing in. We love you. I love you more. (laughs) Don't try to outlove me. And so um, we touched on something that the Lord said to me. Let me tell you how this came about and then we'll get into it. Uh, one of the intercessors in our church, that's a person who prays a lot. They like pray their brains out. Uh, they called me up and said, I keep seeing this. Every time I pray for you, I see this sign. It's a yield sign. It's a slow down sign. And I thought, well, okay, you missed it, but whatever. Because <laughs> I don't feel like I need to slow down. Then the next day I'm having lunch with my sister. And she says, you know, uh, God gave Joshua, who's my nephew, who's a pastor, God gave Joshua a dream that he was running up a hill. And John Wimber, if you know him, he uh, restored, he was one of the apostles that restored the healing gift to the body of Christ. He's the apostle over all the vineyards. He was coming and he's died and gone to heaven. He was coming down the hill and was trying to hand something to Joshua. But Joshua was going too fast up the hill and he couldn't get the, the handoff. Now, if John Wimber's handing you something, you want to get it. It's an anointing. It's a transfer. It's a, what God's put on him can transfer. That's why we lay hands on you and come down here. You see, God told Moses, lay your hands on Joshua and a portion of the spirit that's on you, I'm going to place on him. Jesus laid hands on his disciples. There's an impartation. That's one of the ways that heavenly gifts transfer is through the laying on of hands. It's all throughout the word of God. And so... Then I remembered that the intercessor, who's Cynthia, by the way, who's not here because Juan went to the hospital just a few days ago, uh, not being able to breathe. They called 911. Uh, it was a serious situation. And uh, they said he, uh, I believe they said he had pneumonia. Now they're saying pleurisy. Now they're saying what? Pleurisy, I believe. Pleurisy. Fluid, that's right, fluid in the lungs. In fact, I talked to Cynthia on my way to church today. We were on the phone, and she said it's fluid in the lungs. They have no idea 
how that happens. So let's come against that right now. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our precious brother Juan to you and we take authority over satanic assignment coming against Juan and Cynthia, our intercessor in the house coming against his husband. We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. So we as the body of the Lord Jesus Christ call you front and center right now and we rebuke you from brother Juan and we command you to leave his body and his spirits of infirmity and Lord we pray now you eradicate all infirmity from Juan's lungs we command that fluid to leave his lungs and Lord we pray now that the presence and the power of your spirit would fill Juan's body and empower and completely restore him just like you did Jerry who gave his testimony today just like that Lord we claim Wants healing in this house right now, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You know what amen means, right? That's the way it is, and you can't do anything about it. That's what it says in the Greek. So, I remembered what Cynthia said, who we just prayed for. That God was trying to give you something, but you were moving too fast. It was the exact same thing that my sister said to me the next day about Joshua. And so I really started bearing down on that and saying, okay, then I must be moving too fast. And so I've started to slow down and I am and, and having uh, experiencing great benefits from that. It's uh, and honestly, it's about as equal to the word God gave us last year about thankfulness. It changed my life to be thankful for every little tiny thing. I'm thankful we have a toaster. I'm thankful I have a car. I'm thankful that my, I have wheels on my car. I'm thankful. No, I'm serious. I mean, it, it changed my life. I'm thankful for every little thing in my life. I was thinking for you guys today. We were in worship. I was saying, God, thank you for these precious people here this morning. Thank you for every single one of them. Thank you for that band, God. Thank you. I was just thanking him, thanking him, thanking him. It changed my life. This is another one of those kind of words. Slow down. You're missing some really good stuff. In, uh, so let's go to the book of uh, Luke and let's look at this together. In the book of Luke. In chapter 10, verse 38, there's no other passage in the Bible that reveals this better than this. It says, as Jesus and his disciples, Luke 10, 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? What a thing to accuse Jesus of not caring. Don't you see? Don't you know? I'm stressed out. Now, I know this really probably doesn't apply to any of you here, but you might know somebody. If you have a friend, yeah, your friend needs this. So make sure you listen real good for your friend's sake. Tell her to help me. Ordering God around because you're so stressed out. Don't you see? Don't you care? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Well, you better believe I am. <laughs> you, know, you try to say that to your spouse. You know, you're really worried and upset about many things. Yeah, and you're on the top of the list, you know. Martha's like, well, duh, I'm responsible for all the hospitality in the house right now. And you're the guest and my sister's supposed to be helping me. I mean, from her world view right here, it's like a duh. I'm worried and troubled about many things. And you should know 
that my sister should be helping me and she's not. What are you going to do about it? But only one thing is needed. Yeah, exactly. You're on my page now, Jesus. Mary needs to come help me. Mary has chosen what is better. That's the kicker. Both were important, but one was better. This is where the Lord really begins to readjust things in our lives. Right in the midst of a situation that's we're stressed out, we're stretched out, we're frustrated, we can't get it all done, and we go to the Lord, and He tells us to add something on to the list, which is stop everything and just spend some time with me. Well, that doesn't sound right. How could that be wisdom? I'll get less done. That doesn't make any sense, Jesus. That's like God saying, you have $10, give one, then you'll have 15. Give me two loaves and three fish, and I'll feed 5,000 plus. See, it's counterintuitive. It doesn't work mathematically. It doesn't work in my day planner. And yet, Mary was getting something from heaven through Christ that Martha was missing out on. He says, and it will not be taken from her. I'm finding you get so much more out of life and out of God when you slow down. The Bible is replete with scriptures about slow down, be patient, wait on the Lord, listen. We hate that. Our flesh hates that. And yet there's a reason for it. You just, there's so much we miss out on when we don't slow down. Now, this is difficult for us with all of our children. I mean, we have so much to do. We have so much to accomplish. And I'll be sitting there playing, you know, uh, concentration, you know, matching game with my four-year-old. And because she wants to. And I finally get off the computer, answer an email. So I'll sit down. Okay, all right. I'll play with you because you need my time for a little bit. Let's play concentration. Put the cards out. Okay, we're only going to give you ten this time. Okay? Because I'm thinking, I got things to do. We can't do the whole deck. My gosh, we'll be here all day long. And so, you know, she's four. And so... I flip one over and I flip one over. Nope, doesn't match. She don't match. Bam, put him back down. And then, she, and then she goes. I'm going, oh, God. Mark's waiting for me to call him back. Gary needs me to call him. Mike's waiting for that email. I've got to do this. And she'll turn one card over. And I said, that's good. She'll turn the next card over. Okay. And while she's not looking, I slip a couple off the, the table. <laughs> you do the same thing, so you stop. <laughs> then we'll get down to four cards. All right? No brainer here. I'll turn one over, and then I'll turn over the other one that's not a match on purpose so she can win. Right? Okay, see? That's a king. That's a ten. All right, so these don't match. But one of those will match one of these. Boom. Okay. She'll go pick up the king. And she'll be going for the ten. I say, hey, uh, let's try this one right here. This, you think so? Yeah, I want to do the other one. No, do the, the one. 
And she picks up the tin. I'm like, God. So after I got this word about slowing down, I'm doing better. And I'm going to tell you what. (laughs) Your pastor's getting healthy. Oh, God's going to get you. You're not going to get your, he's a, he's a, he's a mailman in RB. It's going to take you. I'm not going to prophesy this. Whatever the Lord wants to do with you on your route this week. But since I've started slowing down and deciding that what's important is my four-year-old right in front of me. They can feel it. They can feel when daddy's not rushed. They expect me to get done quickly. When I'm not, it's actually surprising to them. It shocks them. Take my time, pull her up in my lap, just sit there, soak it in. It's not going to be here forever. She's going to probably end up dating one of your sons, and it's really going to chat my high, and I'm going to... No, I hope she does. And um, God feels the same way. I mean, just like God wants us as his sons and daughters to just stop and spend time with him. Just because. It's the same way we feel about our kids. It's the same way God feels about us. And so here we have a situation where God, God is in Martha's living room. But she's busy. And what she had to do was very important. It was her responsibility. But let me suggest something. If she slowed down and saw that Jesus was not in a hurry, now that's the first clue. When you and I are moving faster than God. He's never rushed. Somebody said something to me a long time ago and it really stuck with me. I'm not living it, but it stuck with me. (laughs) A man of faith is never rushed. That really struck me. God has given you the right amount of time and the right amount of things to be responsible for for any given day. So when we're stressed out and stretched out of measure... There, there may be ungodly reasons for that. We'll talk about a few of those. Probably we're not going to get through this today, so we'll pick this up next week. But I'll just go a little further today. So here's Jesus, and think about it. You're all stressed out. You're in the kitchen. You got things to do. You got things to do. You got things to do. You look over at God, and God's sitting on the recliner going. That is a huge clue. <laughs> Maybe I should connect with God and get onto his pace. Now, you might think, but that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any logical sense. But you remember how I was talking about God's math? Maybe if Martha went in and sat down next to Mary, Jesus then could say to her, Hey, Martha, remember a few days ago when I had two loaves and three fish? And I fed that multitude. 
Oh, I see what you're getting at. Yeah, let's do something special right now. Jesus, I don't have enough time to prepare all the meal today. Could you help me out a little bit? That's what I wanted you to do. You come sit at my feet and let me impart some love to you, some peace, some wisdom. Now you're thinking, oh, come on. What do you mean, come on? He just did it a few days earlier. I mean, like tangibly, he did it. Just you, read, you just back up in the, in, the, in the book of Luke and you see he did it. I'm sure she knew about it. But here's what we do, family. We hear about these testimonies in somebody else's life. We read these biblical accounts in somebody else's life. But when it comes down to your daily tangible life situation, we're boxed into the natural. And we don't take from the experiences of those who have gone before us and pull them into our immediate situation and said, well, you did it for them. I believe you will do it for me right here and now. She could have done that if she wasn't running so fast, being so distracted and worried about so many things and not connecting to God. She couldn't get the impartation of faith necessary or the ability to possibly see that God could have done a miracle right then and there. And instead of us, 2,000 years later, reading a story about how Martha was stressed out and didn't spend time with the Lord, which is now is her legacy, right? We could have been reading another account about how Jesus prepared a banquet for all of Martha's friends. And this could also be the kind of testimonies coming out of your life. I believe this is what God is after. That if we will slow down, we will get so much more from God. And He will do so many greater things through our lives. And I don't mean necessarily just slowing down like you have to go spend time alone with God, which is very important. But I mean slow down internally. And slow down externally. Cut some things out. Just slow down. Connect with the person that's right in front of you. I do that when I'm in healing lines. I, when I, I was to be part of a mega church. And I'd be praying for people. And there's so many people that need prayer. I was be going so fast. And I was feeling like, you know, I was so anxious to get to everybody. People were disappointed when you don't get to them. And I said, Jesus, what do I do? And the Lord spoke to me. And it's changed the way that I minister to people now. He said, connect with the person right in front of you. Even if you don't get to anybody else, make sure that you're connecting with that person and impart what they need. Then you move to the next person. So what happens is there's a meaningful life, potentially life changing impartation that happens in that person because you just can't get to everybody and neither could Jesus. Do you know one day all the disciples came and said, everybody's looking for you. He had just healed and it says till late in the evening, he's healing, casting out demons, preaching the gospel. Then he goes alone to pray alone with God all night. He comes out and the whole town came out, the sick, the lame, the blind, the deaf. It says they all came out and the disciples said, we've been looking for you. Everybody's waiting for you. And you know what Jesus said? <sighs> okay. I don't have time for this, but I'm going to do it anyway because everybody needs me. He did not do that. You know what he said? I have to go to other towns and preach the gospel too. And Jesus, the Messiah, the nice little sweet Jesus wearing girly clothes on a donkey turns and walks away from a mountain full of human need. 
Because he had his assignment from the Father. People will think you're uncaring. That you're superior because you don't have time for them. But people are going to think I'll be things about you anyway. So you just got to be okay with that. At one point in your life, you just got to be okay that people don't like you. And they're not good with, they're not okay with you. They misinterpret your actions. You're just going to have to get to a place where you're okay with that. Or you can never do the will of God. And Jesus knew that they wouldn't understand. And he went and did what God had called him to do anyway. If we don't slow down and listen to God and and discern what he's telling us to do, we will not be led by God, but by the pressures of life. And you can end up spending so much time and energy on the wrong thing. I like the way Stephen Covey says this. He says, you can be so busy climbing the ladder. Getting things done, getting to the top of that ladder. That when you finally get to the top of the ladder, you look out and you realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. (laughs) See, busyness does not mean accomplishment. I want to know what God wants me to do so that I can get the most leverage out of everything I'm doing for him. So when I see him, he doesn't say, boy, John, you were really busy for me. That was amazing how busy you were. You didn't accomplish anything I actually called you to do. Because you weren't listening to me about what it was that you were supposed to be doing. But man, you were busy. I mean, all of heaven was impressed. With how busy you were. But you weren't stopping and listening to me. And what I'm actually supposed to be doing. I do this now with every human being. As This is my pattern. I don't do it perfectly, of course. People and circumstances. I stop. And I ask Jesus, and many times I get a a blank legal pad, I'll write the circumstance down or the person down. I'll say, Jesus, what do you want me to do with this situation? And I just stop. I say, I want to do what you want me to do. Because how many of you learn that when you do what God wants you to do, you get more, you get more, you get more fruit out of it. Right? And so we're actually almost about to get to point one. I'm slowing down and I'm liking it. I may be putting you to sleep, but I'm, I'm at peace. Now, this is so important. Now, listen. What she was doing was commendable. She was serving Jesus. You see, our busyness can replace our relationship with the Lord. Well, I'm serving the Lord. You're afraid to go into his presence or you, you don't like prayer or whatever it might be. Or you have this performance issue because of your father, uh, you know, relationship and all that kind of squirrely stuff going on in your spiritual life. And so serving the Lord is the way you relate to him and God just doesn't like it. God wants you. And so here's Martha serving the Lord. Busy, busy, busy around the church. Busy, busy, busy. I'm interceding all the time. Yeah, but can you just shut up and be with me? Oh, no, the world's going to hell. I've got to pray, 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 pray. Yeah, but can you just, okay, I know that. And I know every single person. Can you just stop for a minute? Oh, no, no, because I've got to do your work. I've got to do your will. Kingdom come, kingdom come, kingdom come. You forgot the first part. This is Father in heaven. Oh, no, I don't know. That makes me a little nervous. 
I'm much, I, I like the kingdom come part much better because then I can get to work and busy, 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 do, 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 work, work, work in the name of Jesus. You know, it's, it's, it's much easier to serve than to soak. It's much easier to worry than to worship. It's much easier to work than to wait. But when we do it, we miss a lot of God. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop at this point. And um, next week, we'll actually get into the sermon. Point one, two, three. And you've got your, oh no, you've got your notes and the blanks and everything. And those of you that are neurotic note takers are like, oh my gosh, you're going to leave the blanks blank? What do I do? How am I going to live this week? I'm going to give you the blanks just because I care about you. I'm not going to preach them. We'll do it next week. But this will also help the connect group leaders right now that do sermon-based connect groups going, we won't know what to say. Slow down the care groups. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Let me uh, let me give them the blanks because they won't be able to receive the application because they're kind of freaked out right now that there's going to be blanks on the notes. So I'm going to do that and you do that and then we'll we'll be done. Are you relating to this message? Is that why <laughs> you're you're rubbing the back of your neck? Yeah. See, I'm telling you, I, and I'm not making fun of you. My wife does that. Listen. <laughs> We all do that. Isn't it true? We all do. What is this? You know, our neck's like a board and our shoulders are all stressed. That's not the will of God. That cost me. Yeah. The Lord just wants you to slow down. He's got it. It's really about trust, isn't it? It's really about trust. So there are some things that we miss when we don't slow down and walk with God and listen. These three things, you ready? I'm going to just give them. One is God's perspective. Jesus had a perspective that Martha did not get because she was too busy. The second one is God's peace. Which is worth anything. And the third one is God's provision. He says that he gave something to Martha that will not be taken from her. You get stuff from God. I wonder what you're missing. I wonder what it is that God has been trying to hand to you that you've been missing. Because you've been so busy with responsibilities in life. And I think it breaks the Father's heart. I don't think he was chiding Martha. I think he was really concerned about her, saying, Martha, Martha, my daughter. You're just so worried and troubled about so many things. I'm not. Now, your sister here, I know you feel that she should be in there helping you, but she's chosen something that's better, and I'm not going to take it away from her. I know we think that if we stop doing so much and stop and go connect to God, that less will get done. 
But I think God is saying something different. Mark? I don't think we should uh, hear a message like this without having an opportunity to apply it in some fashion before we leave the room. So why don't you all just close your eyes and get as comfortable as you can. And we'll just use our imagination for a minute. Just uh, close your eyes. Now you're, you're walking up a hill. And there's a large pack on your back. It's very heavy. And it's hot day. And you've been walking for several hours. And as far as you can see, the path goes on and on up this mountain. And you don't see any end in sight. And it's hot. And you're really, really tired. And you're beginning to wonder if maybe I've taken on more than I should have and I'm not sure I can make it by nightfall. And it's, a, it's really turned into a struggle. And you're by yourself, which is the worst of it. And you see in the distance a large tree. And you think, I, I, I just got to make it to that tree. I want to make it to that tree because it's shady. And you get closer and closer and you're really, really tired and it's hot. And you get up to the tree and Jesus is sitting there with his back to the tree. And he says, drop your pack. Just drop your pack and just sit here for a minute. And then you drop your pack. And Jesus says, hey, what's in your pack? Take a look. Tell me what's in your pack. What are you carrying that's too much for you? What's in your pack? And he says, hey, give it to me. How do you feel sitting beside him with your back against the tree? Then he says something to you. What does he say? What does he say to you? How do you feel? What do you say to him? What would you like to say to him? I hear him speaking to us right now and he says, 
I really like this. Let's do this again soon. How do you feel? And he says, my peace I give to you, not the way the world gives it. Receive my peace. And he breathed on them. Feel the breeze. He breathed on them his peace. My peace I give to you, not the way the world gives it. And he breathed on them. And they received his peace. My peace I give to you. And he says, my peace is a pause away. My peace is a pause away. Amen. Well, I think the application of this is different for every person, but I think you know what it is for you. So we're going to pick this up again next week because uh, we're slowing down. And we'll dig into this. I think this could be transformational for some. And so what we've learned in this church is when God speaks a word, you need to slow down and eat. And uh, the restaurant just doesn't close. So we're listening all throughout the week. Get into the word. Ask the Lord how this applies to you. And begin making baby steps in that direction. And you're going to experience the results of this slowing down concept. You're going to run into your soul screaming about it. And you're going to have to decide that though it seems counterintuitive... The Lord is always right. And so rather than me trying to put a grid on you saying this is what slow down means, you need to figure that out for yourself. But the reward will be divine. So let me just pray of you. And then I'm going to ask that uh, let's hang out for a while, greet some people, the new people, newcomers. We love the fact that you're here today in the house of Jesus, experiencing the peace of God, the power of God, the presence of God, and the people of God. I always hope that's a positive experience. And um, if you fill it out, a welcome card, you can drop it off out of the table out back. I'll be back there to greet you. We have a little uh, gift for you as a worship CD of our band, testimonies of how God's healed people in our church the last two or three years that will really inspire your faith. Uh, we're really glad you're here. Go to a connect group this week. This is where this really, really begins to work, is when you get into a small group in the middle of the week and start to process this stuff. Uh, do it in a small group format. People praying for you, sharing what you're learning. You feed one another and empower one another. So look at the connect group guide. Go to a connect group this week. That's where life really happens. And uh, I don't know if the Broncos won or lost, but I hope they lost, and I hope the Chargers win, and Michael Vick's looking great. Okay, let's, let me pray with you. 
Jesus, we just love you. We never want to take cheaply what you give to us because it costs you your life. But you rose from the dead, you're alive, and you love us, and you're calling us and drawing us. Every one of us were convicted by this message today, Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask you this week, tune our ears into the right frequency so we can hear your voice and do what you say, because you're just trying to bring peace into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, family.